All right, thank you, Brendan. The guys are back in studio. Last week, Mark and I were at Capra's Sporting Goods Store in Blaine, and Sam was making some money, but he's here with us tonight. So Sam, Mark, Strewman here, and Brandon Bastrom behind the glass, and we are missing our fifth outdoorsman, John Hoyer. I got to keep my uh, got to keep my phone ready. He, he was uh, playing golf this afternoon. He was going to be in studio, and I told him, you know, if you want to, uh, if you have, what's going on? My, nothing. Oh, Keep okay. talking. Okay. I told him. What's going on with you? Derail the entire show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he tends to say the quiet parts out loud sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Anyway, John Hoyer, when I texted him this morning about joining us, he said, you know, oh, my God, I'm glad you got a hold of me. I was golfing at White Eagle this afternoon, he said, in Hudson, Wisconsin. And, um, oh, my buddy Sam is going to fix my microphone. What's there. happening? And no, <laughs> and then uh, anyway, so he said he he changed his round of golf to uh, the western suburbs, and he would be here. And I said, hey, if you're running behind, you want to have a couple of beers with your buddies, stick around. We'll just do a phone interview. So we might do that. But John Hoyer, of course, uh, the big time fisherman, is going to join us as well. So Sambo, how you been, pal? Hey, how did the uh, the reason we you weren't on the air last week is because you were doing something with your store about yeah. the archery thing you have there. What was what was going on? How'd it go? Is there our guy? Uh, he looks we like need it. another headphones, Brandon. One more, one more. I'll talk while we get set up. So yeah, so what I'm, I'm what I'm adding. It's kind of a surprise, but I'll, I'll break it here because we got breaking the Breaking news. Um, John Hoyer, Sam, Sam, you know Mark probably. And, uh, How you doing? Yeah. Okay, so, go ahead. Go so, ahead, uh, This one's all jacked up. But anyway, yeah, we're, uh, we're adding an archery simulator to our archery department. It's called Techno Hunt. And the way our structure of our building is, our our, our um, roof trusses are a little lower than normal. And so I had to have, it was like back and forth for weeks on the phone about if it was going to work or not. And they ended up like, you know what, we're going to fly a guy out. You know, it's a huge investment, right? Yeah. And yeah. So they flew a guy out and it just happened to be that day. And so he came from the airport, was able to measure everything, figure it out. I still didn't know that day. He went back. I actually got the call two hours ago and they're able to make it work. So. Cool. After the first week of June, Capras will have archery simulator called Techno Hunt, which is it's like big buck hunter on steroids. You use your own bow, your own arrows. You just put a different tip on, and it, it's twenty yards. It's fun. Do you have to clean the animals? Like cut the screen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a field dressing portion of it, so it's really crazy all the effects. Do you it blow does. like cold air on you? Do yeah, you, is it the whole deal? That's going to be so much fun. Yeah. John, you've never met any of us really face-to-face, I don't think. Have we met before? We must I, have met. Yeah. I've been in here have once. Have you been in here a couple of years back? Yeah, that's how uh, I was able to find it running late. <laughs> You're right on time, brother. No yeah, problems. right on time. Not a problem at all. Anyway, Sam uh, uh, Sam owns Capra. His family owns Capra Sporting Goods on, on in Blaine on Highway 65. And that's he's, he's, he's making the right decision, spending money to make it work, and he's, he's, he's kicking some ass. Uh, John Hoyer, welcome to the Four Outdoorsmen, my friend. Thank you. Now, Thank you very much. The most important thing, I know you're a big-time fisherman. You did really well the last year, and you're doing all it's – a, it's, it's a lot of fun. But do you bow hunt? Do you hunt at all? Um, so, yeah. I, I'm officially an archery hunter as of the last two years, uh, which is very infant, obviously. Yeah. And last year when I thought, you know, okay, I got this. I have the right skill set. Pressure doesn't bother me. 
you know, I can focus when I need to. And then last year I experienced rattling in a buck in the timber. And that's a whole different animal. There's like archery where you'd like, you know, be confident, take a shot at 44 yards out in a field when a deer is feeding or standing. And then there's rattle a buck in it coming full blast at you. And you look around and there's literally a million variables around you. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I actually missed two bucks last year, but one was kind of a hail Mary at the last second, but yeah. So 33 yards just lost my mind, you know, in this like 15 minute (laughs) ordeal where I grunted it back. I called it back. I rattled again. And the second time I rattled, the thing turned from a hundred yards and literally sprinted full speed right at the tree. It's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I draw back and in my mind, I'm like, okay, so I draw back. I know where it's getting up in my shooting lane. And I stop it. By the way, radio listeners, John Hoyer is demonstrating with his arms right now like you guys can see it, but go ahead. Yeah, so in my mind, I'm like, I draw back, I settle in, and then I stop it, and I stop it too early. But the GoPro shows, I'm literally like, move the bowstring an inch, you know, make the dough bleed at it, and then I'm like (laughs) struggling to get my uh, kisser on the side of my cheek, you know, and everything, and I'm like, you can see it in my eyes, I'm just... Lost my mind. Oh, that's crazy. Here's a guy who won $120,000 in one fishing tr- tournament, and he, he can't shoot a, a, an arrow straight at a deer standing well, still down Makes me there. feel better about myself. <laughs> Do you use a Scott release? Um, I have no idea what release I use. It's a hand one? Yeah, mine's a th- uh, thumb, thumb one yeah. with a, the lever where you you know you kind of just make a yeah, clench I can your tell fist by your or whatever. Draw. Yeah. Yeah, those are cool. That's Good for you. Do. You know, well, then you got to get, where do you live? You live uh, in Orono, right? Yep. Someplace out there. Well, get over to Campers one of these days in June and see what Sam's got and, and tell us if it's any good. I've only, I've, I've, I've only bow hunted a couple of times for a deer. Once with a recurve and the first arrow I ever shot at a running that was deer. before they I, had compounds. At, at a run, at a recurve is a funny bow that the Indians <laughs> used to use them, right? But, yep. And uh, uh, I got a, a running doe. Uh, the first arrow I ever shot, this is a piece of cake. And then I had probably three shots the next year after that, and uh, I hit trees and, and the same thing, and it's, that's, it's not easy. So I've never – now I've had a chance to use a, the uh, the crossbow. My nephew gave me a crossbow to use, and uh, I haven't had a chance to shoot at a deer, but I've tried. And I just – that's the best time of the year to be in the woods, to be honest with you. But I haven't done it either. I'm not very – I'm not patient enough, I don't think. <laughs> but – and I've hunted deer for many, many years up in Ely, Minnesota, up in the – Got a hunting shack up there, and I've never rattled. And I think it would be so cool. Rattling started in Texas, if I remember. I mean, that's where you hear it's all down there. Nobody Those, rattled. That's true. Those are rattlesnakes. Oh, that's what they are, yeah. <laughs> so. Nobody rattled until maybe 20 years ago up here. So where were you hunting when you rattled? Um, well, it'll probably make some people throw up in their mouth, but I actually hunt with Lee and Tiffany Lakoski, so like they, yeah, exactly, right, completely a story of my life. So when you said you rattled, you meant Lee rattled for you. Uh, I actually had Lee filming me a couple times because he tagged out in like record time this year in Illinois and in Iowa, so there was a couple times he was filming and I'm like, you know, here you go, here's my rattling antlers you made for me let's let's see what you got yeah um but more importantly i think with rattling you know the the actual sequence and the sound of it is like you know make some noise but man i this will make people throw up too i probably rattled in a hundred different bucks a hundred a hundred different bucks down in illinois in like nine days in illinois oh illinois yeah and but you know i'm super detail orientated and I took some stuff back to my friends and I'm like, first and foremost, 
number one thing that matters is where you rattle. The deer are so observant. They have such good vision that they're they're naturally programmed. They have to come to those antlers at a certain time of the rut, at the beginning and the end. When they have does galore, all the does are coming to heat, you're actually going to like be pushing away a buck that might be with a doe. Yeah. Because yeah. it doesn't need to fight. Mm-mm. But at the beginning, when it's like, whoa, there's a doe in heat, that's all that antlers hitting each other mean is that they're fighting over a doe. So right. at the beginning or at the end, even more importantly, is when I was doing it, um, those deer are literally program to come and check it out but that's the kicker the number one thing is the second that they can rule out everything visually then they're like those those bucks moved on so that spot i rattled in all those bucks was this big big valley you could see for 200 yards this way and then a little road a trail and then to the east was all like thick bedding area so any buck that came from the east had to come all the way to me on the road like these are deer within 15 to 20 yards of the stand. They had to come all the way to me at the road to be able to see over the valley to rule that out. Or they came up the valley, they had to come all the way to the top on the road. And that's why it was like the best stand ever. But if you were to sit out in the middle of a cornfield in a single tree, a deer could rule that out four miles away. It would never work. Like they're not that dumb, but that's where like I told my friends, I'm like, I could literally go to your hunting spot now and just pick the spot to rattle. It almost would make sense to just get in the middle of the thickest stuff you can. That's why it always works better in the woods. But the reason why it works in the woods is because they have to come. Like they literally have to come and check it out. And if they can't, if they have to come within 20 yards, it's because they can't see into there. So um, I learned so much, and that was the funnest part of the season. I'll tell you what, I think it'd be so exciting. But I'll tell you what, if this fishing thing doesn't work, Sam's looking for someone to work in the archery department at Campras. I'm not his guy. <laughs> you know what I think people are going to throw up at, John, no offense, is that you said you've been in the infant stage of two years and rattled in a hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, I know. There's guys like, I've been hunting for 30 damn years. Yeah. And, and you know, and a lot of my friends say that doesn't work in Minnesota, but... It does. I, yeah, those details of like literally, well, are you... When are you rattling is the most important part, but um, that is so such a new fun challenge for me. Good for you, you know, just the experience of seeing all that stuff. But then, you know, then you throw in, okay, can you calm yourself down? Can you do some box breathing? Can you make that ethical shot? Is like the ultimate reward, you know, it's, it's so amazing. And that's what's cool about archery is those the different, like you're talking, John, like the different sequences and like the parts of the rut you don't always get during gun season. And so that's what's fun about, like, if, if you can get into archery, you know, gun hunting's fun. You know, everyone still does it. You know, a lot of a lot of people go up to the cabin. It's more about the camaraderie with your buddies or your relatives. But archery hunting, you can really truly get into any part of the rut. The, the pre-rut, the rut, post-rut, some say the second rut, you know. So you can truly get that. So it does happen in Minnesota. To I be mean, able to see, and I'm, I'm, I'm being redundant now, but to be able to see an animal come at you 25 miles an hour on the run because they heard you rattle that your heart has to be beat. I, I think that would be the ultimate, if, whether you got a deer or not, to be able to call them in. It's like like Ron Shearer was talking yesterday. We Turkey. talked to Ron Shearer at the crappie contest, the uh, Minnesota Bound crappie contest, and Mark was a big part of that. And Ron's talking about the same thing. When you gobble. Communicate, basically. When you You're communicate. He said, you'll never, ever turn back. You'll never walk away from that sport because you are actually convincing someone to come your way. That is so cool. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, let's talk a little bit about fishing before we can talk about what's all about your life. But this is Mark's son, Nick. How old is Nick? Uh, he's 10. And this was today. 
Yeah. And what a thrill. This is his biggest fish probably ever caught, right? It's the biggest bass he's ever caught. Yeah. And it was on uh, ultralight. I had a crappie jig on. We were fishing crappies, you know, one-inch jig, and uh, it was a battle. It was screeling line out. It was so much fun. I have it all on video, too, which is great. I told Diana that that looked like to me like it was an ultralight, and, and that's a couple of pounds large. Yeah, mouth, it, was, whatever, but it was 17 inches. But that is a fun nice fight fish. for a little kid like that. Yeah. What a thrill. And, uh, yeah, I took the boat off for the first time today. I'm so excited. Thanks, Power Lodge. I picked it up um, Friday. I go into Power Lodge, by the way. <laughs> And they're kind of messing with me because I feel like an idiot when you're like, oh, I have a radio deal. Uh, you know, you're taking care of my boat. The guy's like, oh, um, Corey wants you to go talk to him. I walk into Corey's office and Sam's there. As Corey I King no of, of Power Lodge, yeah, yeah. And so I, I saw him there. But thank you, Power Street Lodge. You didn't hear that. I was there. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Mark told me that yesterday, but that's funny. You were in this. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. Uh, so I took it out for the first time today. Boat cranked right up. Everything worked great. Thank you, Power Lodge. Great job. <laughs> And uh, so it was a wonderful day on the water. It was warm. Uh, fish are biting. Crappies weren't really shallow yet, but they were kind of setting up in the six to eight feet of water in the weeds. Um, but yeah, next next week or so, they're going to move up really shallow, and it's going to be on like crazy. But, now we're, um, we got John Hoyer, who's a walleye guy here. Do you fish panfish as well once in a while? You got you got kids? You got you got? Are you, what's going on with your life? No, I don't There's, have any kids. Well, you most married most either either professional fishermen or either. Never married or divorced. It's a tough job, man. It's a tough <laughs> it is, job. You're right. It's a tough job. Um, no, I love panfish. And actually, um, I was down in Iowa doing some farming and stuff a couple weeks ago. And I, I fished in some of those ponds. And um, if anyone's listening, the, well, the of no, course they're listening. Uh, we're any, the, yeah, we're the, the yeah, whole state. If anyone other than you three t- are listening, <laughs> we don't have, of, my mom's listening. His wife, Diana. Is, okay. Diana. No, not Diana, because she's at Porter House right now. But go ahead. All right, ladies, if you want to buy your husband <laughs> the best present to catch all the crappies in the lake, um, it's such a fun, simple time of year. And like before, forward-facing sonar and all that stuff. It's like, you know, like you said, you know those little lagoons. You know where the north end of the lake where the water warms. It's just such a classic thing to do right oh, yeah. when the ice comes off to catch crappies. But um, my be-all, end-all setup, which I have never seen any bobber, any jig outfish this setup, is a 3-8 ounce adjust-a-bubble, it's called, and a 64-ounce tube jig jig with a pink and white mm-hmm. standard 2-inch uh, tube jig. So, yeah. um I know I've, I've told a lot of people when they're at like that Northwest sports show and I used to be in the, uh, the Thorn brothers booth, but they would have like eight of those bobbers and eight packages of tube jigs and maybe some of those jigs there. And I go watch this and I could literally sell them in like 25 minutes. The first four people I talked to, <laughs> because that's how passionate I am about that setup, you know? Yeah. And yeah, have I bet my friend's money and stuff before? And guess what? Not one of them will ever show up again without that setup on. So it's like... <laughs> It's what crappies eat. They love it. So you got that, right, Mark? I got that. Yeah, I go with the, I like the one-inch white gulp on a little tiny jig with a rocket bobber with kids because the kids can throw it. And, man, it just kills them. We caught 30 30 fish on one one setup. You know, you're not not, uh, putting worms on every single cast. It, they just work great. But um, speaking of crappies, thank you for coming to the crappie contest yesterday, Stu. That was really nice of you to drive out there. You bet. Um, it was a great event. The rain held off for us, thank goodness. Um, I've been to a few where it's been you know, a washout, which is brutal. But um, over 500 people signed up before it even started. So we're looking to 
have a great year. I don't have the final numbers, but uh, all proceeds went to Fishing for Life, and we saw some big crappies. There were some 13, 14 inchers coming in when I was there, and uh, a lot of little kids, and, and, and they were biting. So thanks, everyone, for participating, and it was a great event. All right, who won the uh, the big old pontoon, pedal, pedal pontoon thing? I, I don't know. I had to leave for baseball practice, so I wasn't there for the grand finale, but um, – Every, there was three years in a row where a teenager won a boat, won a, a Lumacraft boat, which yeah. is just awesome. You know, well, to see him sitting in it and know that, I mean, can you imagine being a teenager and having your own setup rig? It, it's just a great event, and yeah. thanks, everyone, for participating. This is right in John's backyard because it was right by Lloyd Fletcher's. You know, is that what it's called? Lloyd yep. Fletcher? Lloyd, Lloyd Fletcher's? Fletcher's yep. Yeah, Lake Minnetonka. Lloyd was That's his brother. You, you were born and raised there, right? <laughs> Me? No. Yeah, no. No, no, no. I kind of transported in there. I actually bought the house that I live in now um, because of the muskie fishing on Minnetonka mm-hmm. in like my mid-20s or whatever. So, um, But yeah, I know the whole lake, obviously. So uh, do you, um, obviously you're, you're a professional walleye fisherman right now on the uh, uh, the uh, NWT, I think is what it is called. And do you, do you really still take time to do muskie fishing and still take time to go... Just like taking like a mailman taking a walk on his day off. Don't you ever get enough's enough? Yeah. Well, lately for sure, there's like a point where enough is enough. And uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to make a lot of really good relationships with sponsors. Yeah. And I kind of took the whole guiding thing out of the equation. And it's all, um, you know, for the fact that I'm able to not have to guide each year. Instead, right. I have these promotional deals. You know, where I have days that I have to be at a show or whatever. And uh, it's kind of a retirement plan for me to guide. Um, but on top of that, as far as the muskie fishing part, you know, that's really physically taxing for me. And, you know, I look at it and I look at my longevity standing in the boat fishing the National Walleye Tour. And it's like, that's an important thing to me is my physical health. And I did it for like 18 years. And it, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's tough on your body. Yeah. If you're doing it right, it hurts your body. It's not good for it. So, you know, it's kind of a balance there where, you know, I'll maybe do a five or seven day trip a year. And now that I took up archery, oh man, I don't know if I'll ever make another fall cast for a muskie again. So you, you're actually hooked on the archery right now, right? It's it's a new a new one of your loves. Yeah, good, 100%. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. Good for you. Uh, okay, we're going to wrap it up here. we got a new guest, uh, Brent Wittenberger from Chatech, Wisconsin. This is a young man I happened to see in the Chatech newspaper last week. I read about him. And he spent uh, about 30 days in Alaska building a cabin and do some other things. This is going to be a fun story. Be right back on The Four Outdoorsman. Now would be the time to check on the jerky. These smokers aren't going to tend themselves. You're listening to The Four Outdoorsmen on Bob Outdoors. If you love the outdoors and haven't stepped into Capra's on Highway 65 in Blaine, here's what you can expect. It has a huge gun shop loaded with specialty ammo and one of the best gunsmiths in the state. It has a complete archery shop with a 20-yard range on site. It has all the fishing tackle, rods, and electronics you could possibly need. To top it off, the employees are experts with decades of experience. Go check it out and say hi to Sam, Capra's Outdoors. If you're an angler, Devil's Lake speaks for itself. Big fish and a lot of fish. But the entire town is filled to the brim with fun all year round. There's weekly movies and concerts in the park. Early June brings the Devil's Run Classic Car Show. You can take a chance at Spirit Lake Casino or be part of the 47th Chamber Team Walleye Tourney on June 23rd. 
And if you like hiking trail or a great restaurant or a round of golf, <laughs> Devil's Lake, baby. DevilsLakeND.com. And thanks. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with a combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. Hey, Lake Plantagenet is a fisherman's paradise and home to Balsam Beach Resort just five miles south of Bemidji. Balsam Beach is the exclusive resort on the lake and is a perfect Minnesota destination for multi-fishing limits, RV camping, ATV travel, or simply relaxing with your family in a remote natural setting. The boys and I visit every year. In every trip, our families enjoy all of the amenities this award-winning resort has to offer. Beautiful resort, wonderful hosts, great fishing, and that's BalsamBeachResort.com. Upgrade your summer fun and save big with Power Lodge Power Sale. For a limited time, save up to $3,500 on select aluminum and fiberglass fishing belts from brands like Alumacraft, Smokercraft, and Triton. Save up to $21,000 on select new Godfrey and Bennington pontoons. Hit the trails this summer with the new CF Moto Z4 side-by-side starting at $99.99. Hit the lakes and trails in style this summer. The Power Lodge Power Sale going on now. Not all brands carried in all locations. Visit or call your local Power Lodge for more details. Arrowhead Outdoors and Ely, Minnesota. It's a beautiful destination with Minnesota's best fishing outfitter based on the Star Tribune's Reader's Choice Awards of 2022. Chris and Steve of Arrowhead Outdoors have one big goal. And that's to make sure all of us enjoy spring and summer months in Ely during 2023. Hey, there's only one bait store in Ely that's open all year round, which shows a commitment to everyone who loves the outdoors. Relish the doorstep to the BWCA. That's Arrowhead Outdoors. Right now at DealsOnRadio.com, you can get a $25 certificate to the Depot Bar and Grill in Faribault for only $15. With rotating soups and daily specials. The Depot Bar and Grill. DealsOnRadio.com. If you have ever thought about remodeling your bathroom but were worried it would take too long or cost too much, then stop worrying. Right now, Jacuzzi Bath Remodel has designed a collection of high-quality custom products and perfected the one-day remodeling experience so you can enjoy your new bathroom faster than ever before. It's a worry-free bath remodel from the most trusted brand name in the business, Jacuzzi. A jacuzzi bath system fits in your existing tub space. It's a no-mess installation with an amazing style selection, factory-certified installers, and a limited lifetime warranty. Call 800-826-9895. That's 800-826-9895 right now and get 50% off installations with no interest and no payments for 12 months. Replace that old bathtub today with a walk-in shower for a safer bathing experience. If you have lived in your home for over 15 years, it's time to remodel your bathroom for a virtual or in-home appointment. Call 800-826-9895. That's 800-826-9895. All right, we're back, everybody. Thanks for joining the Four Outdoorsman. John Hoyer, professional walleye fisherman, is in the studio. And we're going to hear all of his stuff the second half of the show. But right now, we got Brent Wittenberger from Chatech, Wisconsin, or Cameron, Wisconsin, whatever you want to call it, because he lives in Chatech. I know, I know, he lives on Fish Lake right now, but he was born and raised in Chatech. Hey, Brent, thanks for joining us on the Four Outdoorsman. 
Thanks for having me, guys. All right, today was opener. We'll talk about the Alaska thing, but we have I I read everything about you, man. I, we could spend hours with you, pal. This is a your life is crazy. But anyway, so we'll talk about the Alaska thing in a couple of minutes. Did you fish today? Was Wisconsin? Well, yesterday was Wisconsin opener, right? Yeah, yeah. This was the Wisconsin opener. Yep, I was out today. I had a my oldest daughter wasn't feeling the best, so I had to stick to the home water. But it went well. It went and, well and. I don't like to talk too much about my lake, but, um, yeah, it was a fun fun time out. Well, I, I know your lake. You already disclosed it to me, pal, so you might see me in my kayak up there one day waving into your window. But he, he's uh, yeah. he's not too far from Chatech, Wisconsin. He's got a lake, and uh, he's on a lake. Good for you. So you fished walleyes on that lake this morning. Say right? again. I'm sorry. No, I'm you... having a tough time hearing you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'll try to speak slowly. We'll see if Brandon can figure out what's going on. You know, this happens occasionally because there's so much stuff happening in the studios here. But I assure you, if, if it sounds scratchy to you, the public, the listeners can hear everything right. perfectly. It's always like that. So you were fishing walleyes this morning on the lake where you live. Yeah, I was just fishing out here, just uh, cruising around. I actually went out with a, a good friend of mine, Giles Turner, who's a next-door neighbor, great dude, great fisherman. Um, we, uh, we went out crappie fishing for a little bit, so... And we'll give me a report. How did it go? It was fun. It was nice. I mean, this was supposed to be a rainy, wet, wet opener, which is kind of traditional for us here. But it was uh, end up being just a beautiful day. It's just a banner day right now. It's seventy degrees and sunny. I'm overlooking the lake. I have some steaks finishing up here, and just a nice, neat, nice evening. Sounds good to me. You know, I'll tell you what, we're talking with Brent Wittenberger from Chatek, Wisconsin, a teacher in Cameron. You ended up in Alaska here last fall, I think, spent 30 days there. Tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get involved in the outdoors? Well, I've always been an outdoorsman, I guess. My dad and my family have just grown up. We, we camped a ton when I was a kid. I uh, went up to Little Lakes in Birchwood area yep. in Wisconsin and uh, canoed and, and just stayed in the classic tent and, and on a, in a canoe. So it was one of those things where we were always just, right there you know not staying in the cabin anything like that and um close friend of mine bill rands is the one who helped set this whole thing up in alaska and uh bill actually took me up to alaska for the first time five years ago and we had just a banner just unbelievable trip and i just so fell in love with alaska and the rest is kind of history we stayed at this resort that um i end up or an outfitter that i end up building a cabin for a couple of years back, and that's in Cold Bay, Alaska. I tell you what, a good friend of mine, Joe Bessler from college, he and I played baseball together, great, great baseball player. When we graduated from college, he went to visit his brother in Alaska, and Joe Bessler never came back. He's still there, yeah, to, this, this, he's still there to this day, just retired from teaching, teaching, got his teaching certification there, taught for 30 years, and he's, he's come back to visit mom and dad, those kind of things, every once in a while. But he never came back. He's still there right now. A story that I love to tell is I'm sitting on the Kenai River. This is three years ago, and uh, this is before I've ever even been to Cold Bay. And I'm, I uh, was waiting in a pair of Crocs. The salmon had come through, and I'm waiting in a pair of Crocs in the Kenai. And um, this guy walks up to me. He goes, dude, I, he goes, I give. Where are you from? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you're the only guy on this river right now that's just waiting in a pair of shorts and a pair of Crocs. <laughs> and I said, Wisconsin. I said, Wisconsin. So he kind of laughs, and he goes, I'm from Wisconsin, too. And we started chatting a little more. And I go, what part? He goes, no, oh, a little town you never heard of. 
I go, try me. He goes, you ever hear of Shatek? Neighbors, Christ. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I go, well, dude, I can tell you this right now. There's two guys uh, from Shatek uh, living in West, or, or fishing on the Kenai, so the rest <laughs> is history. But I'm actually from Ladysmith, um, born and raised in Ladysmith, Wisconsin, which is just down the road. But uh, I've, been at, I've actually lived in Shatek now longer than I grew up in Ladysmith. You know, one of my, my dreams as a kid, well, not as a kid, but as an adult, We've had the cabin in Shatek for 30-some years, and I've always liked radio. We've been doing the four outdoorsmen for, oh, this is our ninth year, I think, right now. And I, I almost went up to late. I thought I could live up here, live in Shatek, and, and do a radio show from Ladysmith, because I think that'd be, because there's a radio station there. I know that. I don't know which one oh, it yeah. is, but, uh, but that'd be yep. kind of fun. Hey, yep. let's talk. Again, let's talk. I'm reading right now out of the Shatek newspaper, and the Shatek alert. We even get it at the Twin Cities. That's how... You know, hooked I am on, on the Shatek life, but I'm reading the sports and outdoors, and it says Shatek man living on life on the edge in the Alaska wilderness. Talk about that whole story. How did that begin? What did you accomplish? Why even go up there to build a cabin? So it all, it all started, like I said, my good friend Bill Rands. We went up um, went up to Cold Bay, and it's, it's on the edge. I mean, that's why the show is called Life on the Edge. Yeah. It's a place where animals don't know what you are, and they frankly don't care what you are. Um, so we end up staying up there, and we, we became friends with the outfitter. Um, Charlie Somerville is his name, really good dude. Uh, it's Cold Bay Adventure Lodge is the name of his lodge. And uh, there was this piece of property in the middle of nowhere, and... Um, his dream was to get a cabin on there and Bill helped make that happen. And, and, um, he ended up, the resort owner ended up coming through Wisconsin. He was heading back to, back to cold Bay and came up to, like I said, Bill's, uh, or Bill set this up, but came up to Bill's cabin and I came over for dinner and was talking with them. And they were like, you know, we're thinking about building this cabin there and, and we're looking for someone to build it. And I've done construction my whole life. Just I'm a math and physics teacher. That's my that's my day job. But um, I've done construction my whole life. And I'm like, I can build this cabin. And I arrogantly say I could I could do it in a couple weeks, and, and end up taking a lot more than that. <laughs> but uh, so the 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 setup with the show, he he kind of just said in passing that you know this could be on a show and. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, I, I just was so excited to be at this place. To put it in perspective, it's it's a 4,000-acre lake that meets the ocean. And I, I sent you some of the pictures. Yep. It's mind-blowing. Gorgeous, I, it's, gorgeous photography, by the way. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and if, if people can just go to my website, it's just com, and you can see a bunch of the pictures there. Or even on Facebook, I've posted a ton of stuff. But, um we were there one day. I got to see this place one day the year before I actually stayed up there, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. I mean, one day I just was obsessed with it. Of all the places I've seen in Alaska and the incredible places I've been able to, or fortunate enough to see, this place trumped them all. It was, it was just purely mind-blowing. The bear and the 4,000-acre the 4, lake spilling into the ocean and then the Mount, uh, Mount Frosty in the background, it, it, it's so picturesque. It's so incredible. And the best I can say it is it takes you about two to three days to even understand that you're really there. It looks like you're living almost in a screensaver. It's just, it's just too beautiful. It's too incredible. And, and I I guess the wind and the sand kind of reminds you that it's real. But other than that, 
you just can't believe what you're looking at. So what were some of the challenges? That, were you concerned about wildlife? Were you concerned about bears or anything? What were some of the challenges oh, you faced? Yeah, I mean, the joke I always say is that night, you know, and everyone that's ever stayed in a tent before, you know, you, you have too much to drink the night before and you, like, have to go to the bathroom or something. So, like, 3 in the morning you wake up and you're like, oh, I need to go outside and go to the bathroom. And you say to yourself, well, there's probably something out there, and then you talk oh, yourself yeah. out of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, there, you'd talk yourself out of it, and you'd go to, go to the bathroom, and then there would be a bear standing right there. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was, it was uh, I mean, they were everywhere. There, there was literally uh, brown bear everywhere. And the coolest thing about it was, and like I said before, they didn't care about you. They honestly didn't. Um, there was a couple times we had some close encounters. I talked about one of them in the article right. where we were flaying salmon, and a, a, big, a big male came through, and we were just – in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he was, he was just used to getting what he wanted when he wanted it. So he tried to scare us off the fish. But other than that, there was honestly not one other time that a bear even showed anything in the vicinity of aggression towards us. Other, like, like I said, indifference more than anything. Um, the wolves were probably the, the eeriest thing at first. Um, we had wolves constantly circling camp and, uh, we didn't really see them for a while. We could see the tracks around camp, which was, you know, kind of makes your hair on the back of your neck stand up. Oh yeah. But, um, but they, they just wanted the scraps. They were just looking for the slot bucket. It was pretty crazy. So you just to, to see that too. the entire month you were in Alaska. And again, this is, this is very remote is what you're telling us. So when the entire, it, it's the, entire yeah, 30 the closest, days, go ahead. No, the closest people to us were about 30 miles away, or I'm sorry, 20 miles away. Um, it was about a two-hour boat ride between us and anybody that's, that's in the vicinity of us. You know, so, I, like I said, I mean, th- there was no fear of us. There was no fear, and, and if anything, the best way I can put it, again, is just the indifference of we just were an odd-looking bird or we were some kind of odd thing that didn't look very threatening. Yeah, so, so you're, you're saying most of those animals and bears and things that, that you came in contact with had never seen a human being before. Yeah, I would I would say, yeah, they'd certainly had, had never seen a human. If they had, they definitely were never scared of it or, or had any reason to fear it. So how human. long of an extension cord did you need to plug in your <laughs> generator? No, I'm just kidding you, but uh, um, you, you did all this with hand tools, right? And, and uh, Yeah, so we, we, we used power tools, and we used, um, we used uh, yeah, like Milwaukee tools we used. And, but we had, we had to do, obviously, all the digging, everything like that. The road all was done by hand, um, and it, that, was, that was a significant amount of work to get the road there to, because there was, I believe in the early 1900s, there was a building there at one time. It was actually a cod sultry, but there, it it was long gone. There was nothing that we could see in the vicinity of anything that was built from before. Let's talk about, let's um, let's talk about the outdoor, outdoor channel. You're going to be on the outdoor channel here in September. I think they're doing a feature about this story. How did that come about? So they actually had this set up with the resort owner ahead of time, and they—he's a character—and they wanted to—they um, wanted to film him helping to build this cabin. And it was just kind of serendipitous that I was uh, there was some boat problems he had consistently, and so he wasn't able to be there very much. So then I ended up kind of having to take over, and I've done a lot—I'd done more construction than him, so it kind of worked out well for that. And then. 
myself and then a, uh, a guy, a close friend now, his name's Dan King. He's a retired police officer from Michigan. Him and I were the main two. And then Charlie was there to help build, too, and he had the design and everything and what we were looking for. But, and then his daughters, Charlie's two daughters, were our cooks. And then we had a film crew of two people, and um, Tom Thompson and Katerina Wright. They're both they're both uh, <coughs> um, from from London, and they're, the company they're working for is Rare TV. So Rare TV is the one that set uh, that actually was filming the documentary for Outdoor Channel. That's really exciting. You know, on four thousand acres, uh, we, one of our sponsors <laughs> is Devil's Lake in Devil's Lake, North Dakota, and you guys can be fishing there. John Hoyer is going to be fishing there in September. He's a professional walleye fisherman, and the final national tina, uh, final tournament is going to be there. The, the big deal is in Devil's Lake, North Dakota. That is 165,000 acres. So to have a 4,000-acre lake that, that flows into the ocean, and you're the only show in town, the fishing must have been amazing. It was honestly, like I said, something that you just could not believe you were witnessing. I mean, the... The energy of those salmon, just one of them by themselves, if you ever caught a, a sockeye, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I've literally broken by a, a beautiful seven-foot, seven-and-a-half-foot seven rod, um, St. Croix rod that's uh, medium-heavy action. I've literally broken that rod seven times Wow! And on those fish. And so when you think about one of those, but then you, you have a whole school, I mean, thousands of them coming in at a time. And uh, it was something that was, you could literally feel the energy on the bank. And then to, to be fishing alongside bear and watching something that you've only seen on National Geographic or something like that, yeah. and it's, you, can, you can feel the bear running by, you can, you can hear the water splashing, and then you get to see the, the carnage right firsthand. It was pretty, uh, pretty incredible. So if, if, uh, if Brent Wittenberger was not a successful educator in Cameron, loved by all of his students, and he was single, would you go to Alaska? Yeah. I, if I would have found Alaska uh, earlier on in life, I don't think I would um, be on the phone call right now. Well, I think I there'd be you. a lot of things probably <laughs> different. But, yeah, i tell you what. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm so thankful for my daughters and so thankful for everything I have, but it's, it's definitely in the game plan in the future. It's, I have a seventh grader, and when she um, graduates, it's, it's going to be a one-way ticket. <laughs> uh, hey, Brent, we got to wrap it up here. How can people get a hold of you, or how can they find more information about this show and your, your, your experience in Alaska? Website, Facebook, so again, what is it? Yeah, that my, well, yeah, you can go to brentwittenberger.com. That's my, that's my website. And then uh, otherwise on Facebook, it's just Brent Wittenberger. Uh, that's that's uh, me. And then you'll see a bunch of stuff that I do. I do photography and woodwork. I've done a lot of different things. And then the show will be on the out, Outdoor Channel, and that will be out in September is what it's slated for. And I know they held it back because they were so excited about the footage and about what we did. So. And, uh, yeah, there's going to be some exciting news to come uh, as soon as I can say that also. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be in Chitek here in a couple of days. I'm going to get a hold of you, and we're going to meet and have a beer and just BS because I want to hear more about this stuff. Brent Wittenberger, Chitek, Wisconsin. Uh, Life on the Edge. It's an Alaska uh, story that's going to be on the Outdoor Channel in September. And when it does, let us give me a heads up when it's going to be on the show as well. But I'm going to call you in a couple of days. We're getting together. You got it, buddy? Sounds great. Sounds like a plan. All right, take care of yourself, man. That's All cool. Right, thank you. You bet. That's cool. All right, wrap it up here, Brandon. We're going to be right back with our buddy John Hoyer, who's in studio, professional walleye guy, and um, he's going to share some stories. 
Listen to Total Country Bob FM anytime, anywhere, online at mybobcountry.com. Thanks to Aurora Asphalt and Concrete. Go to aurora-asphalt.com for a free, quick estimate. If you love the outdoors and haven't stepped into Capra's on Highway 65 in Blaine, here's what you can expect. It has a huge gun shop loaded with specialty ammo and one of the best gunsmiths in the state. It has a complete archery shop with a 20-yard range on site. It has all the fishing tackle, rods, and electronics you could possibly need. To top it off, the employees are experts with decades of experience. Go check it out and say hi to Sam, Capra's Outdoors. Hey, Balsam Beach Resort is just five miles south of Bemidji. Not just to fish, but completely enjoy a memorable family experience. Sure, multi-species fishing on beautiful Lake Plantagenet is superb. But with the heated pool, all the lakeshore water toys, basketball court, bonfires at night, Balsam Beach Resort is a must. Patty and Clint, they work their butts off to make sure that the cabins and grounds are spotless and your guests are going to make memories and they're going to last a lifetime. Trust Strewman on this one. Check out BalsamBeachResort.com. Winter is not the time to have problems with your furnace. Get the best behavior out of your home heating and cooling system with the Zeal Service Partner Plan. For just $9.99 a month, get professional priority service, two high-performance checks per year, no after-hours or emergency service charge, and so much more. Plus, we'll call you when it's time for annual maintenance. For the price of fancy coffee, the Dezeal Service Partner Plan can catch small problems before they are big ones. Call the top dog, Dezeal Heating and AC. Learn more at DezealHVAC.com. It's a privilege to be able to brag about Arrowhead Outdoors of Ely every week. It's the oldest bait store in Ely. Arrowhead is Ely's largest provider of live bait with a huge selection of tackle, camping, and hunting supplies. And there's a very good chance you're going to walk out of that store knowing you've met two new, very helpful friends. You pulling a trailer? Arrowhead Outdoors offers every customer off-street parking, and that's rare in Ely, Minnesota. Hey, tell Chris and Steve you were sent by the four outdoorsmen. Go catch a few fish. Arrowhead Outdoors, EliMN.com. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with a combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com, and thanks. Upgrade your summer fun and save big with Power Lodge Power Sale. For a limited time, save up to $3,500 on select aluminum and fiberglass fishing belts from brands like Alumacraft, Smokercraft, and Triton. Save up to $21,000 on select new Godfrey and Bennington pontoons. Hit the trails this summer with the new CF Moto Z4 side-by-side starting at $99.99. Hit the lakes and trails in style this summer. The Power Lodge Power Sale going on now. Not all brands carried in all locations. Visit or call your local Power Lodge for more details. All right, welcome back, everybody. John Hoyer is in town. John Hoyer is a professional fisherman on the Walleye National Walleye Tour, the NRT, 
And you won the whole deal last year, didn't you? You and, forget your buddy's name. Who was your? Oh, my travel partner? Yeah. Dwayne Jelm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he was ended up being Angler of the Year in 2022, right? Yeah, he was AOY. I won the championship, but he also won second, which was $100,000, you know, including the boat. And uh, he won another tournament that year. So he won he won three, three boats last year. So, okay, now you won. What, what do you us. do with them? Yeah. <laughs> you, sell, <laughs> you sell the certificate, and it, it's all good, and then um, – and then tax season comes, <laughs> and you're like, man, I bought the most tackle I've ever bought my entire life. And guess what? When you're not buying it like $85,000 at a time, they're going to get their 30%. Yeah. So. <laughs> Tell us about John Hoyer. You're from where? How'd you get into professional walleye fishing? And you started out as a musky guy when you were an adult, but tell us about your background. Um, yeah, I've been the cliche person who's fished my entire life. Uh, I heard stories about how I used to kick and scream when my parents would make me stop fishing. So that was kind of the background. Uh, I went to high school in Litchfield, Minnesota, and that's where my dad had that aluminum boat you guys were talking about as a teenager. And he let me borrow it as soon as I had my license. So that was really kind of freedom in that whole Litchfield area. You know, a lot of great lakes around there. Um, yeah, then I guess the first money I ever made in fishing was when I started guiding for muskies. Uh, I was a union carpenter for 16 years or 18 years. So I would guide, you know, once, twice, three times a week after work on Minnetonka and make an extra $300 a day. And then from there, I fished as a co-angler on the National Walleye Tour with a couple of buddies. Uh, we mentioned Dustin Mankey, uh, Corey Sprangle, Bill Shimoda, and then... You know, after a year or two, I realized that, A, I, I had the ability that, you know, maybe half the pros I was fishing with had. The only thing I was lacking was a 20-foot ranger. Um, <laughs> Just so, a small barrier. Yeah, for sure. And, and even, I'm going to win one. Well, no, I, 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 put, a, I put a down payment on it. Uh, but when I bought my first ranger, it was a 618 tiller, and I should have bought a, a used 18-foot aluminum boat. But I bought this $27,000 thing when I was like 23 years old. And I literally could not even afford the payment each month. But I was like, I'm going to buy it. And then I'll force myself to guide and figure it out. So I did that. So fast forward, I had that boat for like 11 years. Fast forward to the NWT scenario. And I was like, yep, I need a 620. I got to order it now if I'm going to have it in time for the first tournament. I'm going to fish as a pro. All right, I'm ordering the boat. And worst case scenario is I'll burn the candle at both ends. I'll guide on the side as much as I can when I'm not fishing the NWT and I'm doing it. Uh, and then reality struck and I didn't cash a check my first year. <laughs> and I was kind of rethinking that, but, um, there was a star investor in my future and it was a company called Lim Lab from Rochester. And my friend, and Mark, Paul Mark is shaking his head. Do you know what that is? No, I'm just... I'm just nodding along to the story. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they're a prosthetics company in Rochester that works closely with the Mayo Clinic. They're, they're like world-renowned prosthetic developers. And they specialize in working with, with musky fishermen who lose their arm after all those casts. Right? <laughs> I could have <laughs> used one maybe, yeah. But they were the shining light, and it was through a friend of mine, Paul Wessel, who knew the guys, and they were looking for a unique branding opportunity. So I simply had done the research on the power of fleet advertising, which like I see your truck outside labeled Bob FM. Um, I, I wrapped my truck and I sold the branding on my boat also. And I knew the impressions it was going to make in a year. And that's how I got started. So, um, 
you know, $20,000 out of the blue. And that paid for all my travel and my entry fees. Wow. And I was set. I wasn't spending a single dime to enter those tournaments or travel. It was paying for itself. So, um, yeah, by that next year when I finally cashed a check, then I was like, oh, I'm in the green here. And, yeah, I guess I've been doing the pro side for six years now. Good for you. You know, I, I watched you, you said we're going to talk about your podcast, okay? It's a YouTube thing. Your show, What's not it a called? podcast. Yep. It's a show. What's it called? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is brand new, and it's called Tour Level Gold. Yeah. And it's it's produced by More Media Company. They're actually from Anoka, Minnesota, just down the street. And we wanted to create something is that, that Sam. Yeah, Sam yeah. Moore. Yep. Um, and his right hand man Logan Brecht. Uh, anyways, we wanted to create something that really told the story behind the scenes. You know, it, it gets kind of cliche in fishing when you look at Instagram reels and stuff nowadays. In my mind, like a little one minute fast cut, high beats per minute music. You know, or try to show this passion but the reality of it it is the places that we fish the great lakes you know four five foot waves 50 mile runs 90 mile runs in four footers go down to a river system you know all those variables that we experience fishing national walleye tour is really pretty interesting and unique and it's extreme to some people um so we wanted to create a story that really kind of told that whole story. And it's eight, it was an 18 minute first episode. That was just the two days of practice. We had camera guys and, uh, you can find that it's YouTube tour level gold, like golden walleye. I saw it today. Yeah. Okay. And then the next episode, which will be the tournament days, uh, released this Friday. So it's, so it is brand new. Go ahead, Mark. You had a question. Yeah, right? I just had to, you sent me the link to the show, and I thought I'll just watch a couple of minutes. No, of you're it. not. I I sat and watched the whole oh, thing. Oh yeah, you it was are. So terribly interesting. Yeah. It reminded me of. Did you see that uh, full swing documentary on uh, Netflix? Yes. Like yeah. The behind the scenes stuff yeah. and dealing with real people and real stories. Yeah. That is what is interesting to me, and and it was fascinating just to see the day to day struggles in your industry. So it. it Kudos to the production team. It was it was really good work. Yeah, and I was gonna say that too. Like you have an awesome story base, right? Of what you're doing, then you team it up with like that Samuel Moore. Like he's phenomenal. Yeah. Like and he's really good. And you can if you get a production team that has that same vision as you and can capture it. Like I mean, sky's the limit. He's super fun to work with. Um, he knows how much of a perfectionist I am. You know, and I've never done YouTube. I've had people say like, "Why don't you do YouTube?" Well. All the sponsor stuff, all the dates on the calendar. I just want to take a day off and go golfing with my brother or my mm-hmm. friends. You know, all those things that just kind of closes in on you. And that's why I don't do YouTube. But um, it was actually Max, one of the guys on the show. It was his original idea to tell that story about his friend who passed away, Mike Hansen. Yep. And Aqua Traction picked it up. Um, they sponsored the first episode. It's not cheap. And Got us involved. Aquatraction is one of my sponsors, one of Dewey's sponsors, and then Owen Wilcox, also a rookie. And that's how it started. So when I saw it and I realized that, okay, what has to happen to fund the last four tournaments of the season? I got the numbers from Sam, and I'm like, well, the only way I'm going to be able to do this is you know, getting participation from sponsors. So I've talked to just a few of them so far, and you saw their names on, their, on that thing, and I don't know. I, the next episode, I want to truly say, like, thank you so much to Dakota Lithium, Sims, and Aqua Traction. You, you make this possible. Yeah. And I, I get goosebumps watching that show, like actually talking about it. But I know it will be successful, and um, I'm excited to be behind it. And I can 
passionately say to people looking at a camera that these people make it happen. The nicest thing you could do to support them is, you know, to support our sponsors. And it's so true in that case. You know, like Mark said, I I was trying to find the second one, you know, and, and I had to get going and all that. It was so interesting to see that there are there's friction sometimes between mm-hmm. d- different fisher persons and things happen that, you know, uh, when Dewey won the Angler of the Year, the AOYs, what you guys call it, and Max went, Max went up, Max went nuts, right? Yeah. And I because Max looks like he's an anxiety picnic. I mean, he, this guy is either up or down based, on, and you said that on the air as well. Yeah. But he was blown away that, that, that Dewey came in and took him for Angler of the Year, and that's a big, big deal. Um, tell us about Max Wilson. He's a very good friend of mine, super smart guy. He's been fishing the National Walleye Tour since he was like 17 or 18. So he's never, you know, it said it right on there. He's really never been taken seriously, and that's his M.O. So he's kind of rash. He's outspoken. He wears his heart on his sleeve, I guess would be how you describe yeah, him. Well said. Yeah. But man, the guy is such a good angler. Um, he's a master at forward facing sonar. We've all probably heard that term now, you know, the newest, latest and greatest technology in sonar. He's a master at that. And yeah, last year he had like four out of five tournaments he top tened, which is, that's unprecedented. How many that's, guys run the NWT that are serious and do it all the time? All four or five tournaments? Um, well, I'd say there's probably 80. That, that would be eligible for our championship, you know, it's a points race, but you know, on average we have 110 to 130 boats a tournament. Yeah. Um, I, the guy who did, uh, a writer that was with you doing this first YouTube video uh, show was Brent Carlson. He's a writer, yeah. spoke very, very well. And he knows all of these guys, he knows everything about you and Max and all these guys and Mr. Hansen. Uh, it was like Don coffee, Brent, Brent Carlson, Brent like- Carlson. Brett or Brent? Brett. Brett. Oh, yeah, yeah. B-R-E-T. He just had Brent on. Oh. Yeah, Brent and Brett. I was say, the Shimano rep? Yeah. <laughs> nope, not him. Anyway, Brett was saying a lot of these young guys come in. It's really, really, really hard. You think I'm a great fisherman? You are until you get into the NWT, and you're just one of the – he says, if you think you're going to come in and make a lot of money the first year, first two, three years, uh, you're throwing money away. You are throwing money away. If you think you're that good, you're not until you get in there. He said it's just harder than hell. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned full swing and there's another one, uh, formula one drive to survive or something. I think yeah. it's called. So we're fans of that show. You know, I, Sam had watched that show and when we started brainstorming and bouncing it back and forth and it was like, yes, yes. And Sam was the guy who said, we need a narrator mm-hmm. because you go talk to Dwayne Jum, you can put him on a microphone for 15 hours he'll never tell you how good of a stick he is. Yeah. He's one of the best walleye anglers that's ever walleye fished. Yeah. He's only 35 years old. But Brett Carlson knows that. So that is what makes that show so good mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm wired the same way. Am I going to ever offer that up to somebody in a bar or at a, you know, <laughs> you at, don't a, know how at a fish clean? <laughs> I'll never be like, well, hey, I'm a professional wall angler, so <laughs> let me show you how to clean these fish. You know, like people aren't wired like that. Some people are, but no, <laughs> none of my friends are, you know. So, but having that narrator to be able to just add that context, because in, inevitably, you know, saying those things about Max, saying those things about me, about Dwayne, we would never say that about ourselves. Yeah. It's cool to hear it. Some, it's factual a lot of the times, but like you can never make us say that. You know, this uh, again, this, this Brett Carlson mentioned something about you almost like jumping off a bridge and building a parachute on the way down sometimes when you fish because you don't want to conform 
and that's what helped you win the whole deal last year. I you, you got to describe that because no one's done that. Was that on Lake Erie? Yeah. Nobody nobody does that on Lake Erie. Was right. that the Jiggin yeah. Reed one? Yeah. yeah describe sure. that. Would you? How did that come about? So what he was describing. The listeners need to watch this show. It's great. It is. I great. will admit it. It is great. Um, but what he's describing there was the fact that 99.9% of walleye fishing on Lake Erie is done trolling. Right. And that's because there isn't a lot of structure and fish just are out in the abyss chasing bait fish. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a tough day of practice on the first day in Canada where there's some structure, but it's not like, you know, rocky point on leech lake it's not these little things it's these three mile long shoals that are barely resemble structure anyways i had a tough enough morning where i only caught like five walleyes that i looked in a bay and i was talking to dewey and i just simply said we got to find the biggest boulders we got to find spot on the spot stuff and i literally look over and i'm like or weeds and he's like oh yeah and i go yeah summertime walleye weeds yep I'm going to go in the space, see if there's some weeds. That very first bay I went into, it was about the size of a football field. I caught five walleyes and five casts up to like five and a half pounds, which were just average. Those are good. Like 25-pound bag would be average on Erie. I went in the next bay. It took me about 45 minutes, big, like three-mile wide bay. I finally found weeds at the very end of it and little weed bed, like the size of a tennis court. And I put my trolling motor and I start looking. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, if these are walleyes and I cast, I didn't catch one. My partner had a paddle tail that I ended up fishing the tournament with. I go, come up here, cast right there at 40 feet. There's three huge ones. He throws in there. He pumps it twice. He goes, I got one. And it was a 29 or 30 incher. And I called dusty and Dwayne. And I was just like, game on. Yeah. <laughs> we got to find every weed bed. So we had seven days. I had seven days to find every weed bed I could. And about 75% of them had tourney-grade fish in them. So. What's cool about that is that now that you mentioned as well, and, and, and uh, Brett did as well, the secret's out, and all of a sudden, uh, tournament fishing on Erie might have changed as a result of you. And uh, maybe that's good, maybe it's not, but it worked out for you, and uh, it's not going to be so easy in 2023. <laughs> right. But Devil's Lake is a different ball game, right? Ooh, that was, yeah, yeah. I like Devil's Lake. Yeah. Well, that's one of our sponsors. So we're going to save that and send it to, to Susie because, well, I'll be up there uh, in May, end of May, for their media event with Kurt Walbeck and a bunch of other guys up there. So I'm looking forward to schmoozing with some of the big shots as well. Susie Kanner. Susie's mm-hmm. a great, great lady. I tell you what, John Hoyer, thank you very much for joining us in the Four Outdoorsman. We're going to follow your career. Got to thank Brett, uh, uh, Brent Wittenberger as well from Shitek. And uh, like you said, we got to thank all of our sponsors. we got to do that all the time as well. Join us again next week if you would. John Hoyer, thanks for joining us, and uh, let's have a beer, hear some more stories. In the meantime, my buddy Mark's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories.